Hi, Daniel. Welcome back. Hi. It's great to be back. Yeah. After all these years, right? <laughs> yeah. I actually forgot uh, when you were here the last time. You remember? I think it's it's a year or two. I, ah, I, have... I found it. This is uh, the episode number 120. And this was in December. Oh, December 28, two years ago. Uh-huh. Okay. Time flies. Time flies. So... Um, you're still working on Heriton, I guess. Yes, I do. More yeah. and more. <laughs> so what happened in the last two years? Except, you know, some Java doc formatting and, uh, you know. A lot, a lot. <laughs> so, okay. So, um, yeah, what are, maybe, how to start this? So what, what are, you know, the, the, the most, I don't know, remarkable or exciting features um, you are working on? Well, the the well, the most exciting is the NEMA, of course, because it's you know the virtual thread wave we are riding on, and uh, it's great because the Java 19 came out finally mm-hmm. with the mm-hmm. preview feature of the virtual thread. So so finally we can we can show off some of the work we have been working on, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, it's great. It's it's great because finally the the, the Programming uh, isn't that reactive anymore, and uh, and it's uh, kind of fun again because you don't have to uh, uh, debug everything uh, uh, that carefully, and it's, it's it's the stack traces aren't so uh, scary anymore, and uh, and everything gets much faster. So uh, so it's great time. Well. It's it's great time for the Java developers now because there is a lot of new features and uh, and the JVM is getting better and better. Yeah, this is this was always my strategy. I completely ignored you know reactive programming and waited until something happened. So now now it's the time you know. Well, yeah, you missed a lot of fun actually. <laughs> yeah, I, I was in some project you know they used a reactive style and then asked me how to debug this stuff. So it's always fun you know. Because even, I don't know whether you remember the old GMS days, they were not that reactive, but still, you know, messaging was always uh, challenging to debug and to find out what's going on because there are lots of, you know, messages um, passing along. But uh, NEMA, what it is, it is heavily done on virtual threads, right? Uh, yeah, but it's not just like, you know, switching from some way to the other. We have completely bypassed all the reactive and asynchronous codes from so from the... Socket up, it's the web server which is uh, completely blocking, mm-hmm. which is cool again to block. <laughs> and uh, b- because of the virtual threads, it's uh, uh, it has the same speed, even faster in some use cases. Uh, it just hides all the complexity of this, you know, of, of all the things you got from the reactive uh, programming. It's hidden from you now because this machinery which does this magic uh, is something you don't have to care anymore at least not that much so uh, so you can concentrate on your business code and uh, yeah. yeah but i never cared because uh, the problem is you know all the application servers were fast enough but i suspect with the nima is complete different you know different leak so different order of magnitude which it can actually handle right so i could write with me, me uh, nima I guess uh, something like a load balancer, which would be harder to write with regular application servers, right? So this would be one of the use cases. Uh, well, I think you 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 could write it with if you if you took a clean netty and uh, and did really one 
purpose only server which would do the load balancing, uh, you could get to the same numbers, but you know, it will be much harder. You need, you need, you need to know much more about uh, the low level stuff and mm -hmm. then you could to get to the same numbers. But with Nima, it's really like a few few lines of code, which is not really complicated to understand. And if something goes wrong, you just throw exception instead of, you know, uh, figuring out how to pass the error to this reactive pipeline and when happens what and how to synchronize or not synchronize something. So uh, this so, all so, so, so it looks like Java in 1995, right? Yeah, yeah, we are getting back. <laughs> we are just much faster now. Okay, uh, wh why the name Nima? Uh, it's a, it's another Greek name because we ah. got used to it with uh, with Helidon. So, uh, so we used another Greek name, the, the Nima. Uh, it, it's uh, it's I'm not sure what does it mean. It's something with darting. So so now we have this sparrow which is darting really fast. So it's Helidon Nima. We, we we had some you know like internal uh, project name before. Yeah, which, what was it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was warp because warp. It, okay. it's it's part of this looming machine, you know. So okay. so with loom and with threads, it's kind of fitted in. But then we figure out there is another uh, web server already called warp. So uh, uh, so we uh, started to look for different name, and we have been voting, and there was several options and. And then we came with the Nima, and I think it fits with the Halidon, so it's all uh, mm. has this Greek uh, sound. What's uh, What's interesting to me, of course, is can I use you know my boring Java E microprofile code, or ha do I have to use with Nima you know the specific handlers? Uh, uh, well, uh, we we are working on integration with uh, with Jersey, so mm -hmm. in the end it will be just Halidon MP on top of the Nima. Very we good. are just getting there very carefully so we don't lose much when we have so much performance we don't want to lose it just you know by uh, by adding some abstract uh, layers so we are being very careful now and uh, we are trying to find out the best possible way how to integrate it we have some working pocs with the jaxa rs so you could but we want to make it even faster so uh, because of this abstraction layer, you lose some some of the performance. Yeah, sure. Inevitable. But, but we are trying to lose as as less as possible. Mm -hmm. So so uh, we will get there. We are just working on it right now. So so now it's Nima. The Nima is not finished yet. It's still alpha release. The uh, uh, the really finished part is the HTTP one one point one with pipelining. Uh, which is finished and it works perfectly. Uh, we have a server and a client, so you have both sides. And uh, now we are working on the HTTP2, which already works. There is some, we are still fine tuning some flow control and those things. We will also have the client for that. So uh, there will be, and it's really fast again. So so it's uh, it's really nice because with the, the current implementations of the HTTP2 are somehow somehow uh, not in the spotlight lately for some reason i don't know why even in those you know famous benchmarks they are not really benchmarking the http2 for some reason so we are trying to be also fast there so when when the world moves finally to the http2 we will be super fast even there 
and we are we have the WebSockets implementation. It's it's prototype so far on the server side and uh, gRPC. That's also prototype yet. Uh, and we already have a tracing and static content support and health and config and fault tolerance and all those things we in the end need for the Helidon MP. So we are we are moving there. We are just being careful so we don't slow down on the mm -hmm. way. Uh, so this would. Uh concerns me a bit because you know i don't have to use the Re reactive apis but uh if i had to use you know strange NEMA apis i would be even less interested but what you are saying we can rely on jersey or JaxRS on you know standard micro profile apis and behind the scenes NEMA will just implement this which is for me of course great news you know because uh yeah. I, I can just reuse my old boring code and run it uh faster or i don't know faster maybe more scalable right so this is about scalability, not necessarily about speed. Yeah, right? you, you will be able to start less pods, so it will be cheaper, of course. Uh, there are things, you know, it will be a blocking code, so you can take your old code, old proven code, and and run it on the new. When we have the MP version, you can you can run it uh, on the uh, NEMA based Helidon. But um, there are some small differences, for example, because the whole virtual threads are uh, are the huge abstractions which which is hiding all the complexity of, of you know not, not switching context, context between the uh, platform threads. Uh, so uh, there is one thing when you need to be careful and that's obstructing those virtual threads that's Kind of like everyone is talking about it that the virtual threads are having a problem. It's it's not a problem, it's a it's a feature. Yeah, yeah. What's the problem or what's the feature and and, and what's you, you can you can actually actually yield on the virtual thread. So you can if you have some really uh, CPU heavy uh, operation which is blocking your thread, which is obstructing your thread. They have in reactive programming they have even word for that. It's called obstructing and. In the spec, it's written you shouldn't do that on the reactive pipeline because otherwise, you know, you will obstruct the thread of the native, for example, of the event loop, and and then your server will stuck and won't uh, respond to requests. And the same apply to the virtual threads. If there is some CPU heavy uh, computation, some some batch work yeah. which you need to do, you just need to offload it to the platform thread and. Uh, to be honest, if, if if you have been working with the reactive code before, it's it's the same thing you have been doing before. Uh, you just don't have to be afraid of the blocking, but you have to take care of the obstructing the thread. And that's what we always did. If, when there was really something computational heavy, you have been doing some, some work batches and uh, executing them in some queue. So... So this doesn't change. It's just uh, can worsen your performance with virtual threads. Yeah. So if I'm, uh, let's say, I, I'm, I'm implementing my JaxRS uh, NEMA application, and then it will block for 10 seconds because I'm waiting for something from a database. But that's no problem. Okay. That's, that's what so let's create a problem. So what would be a problem? A problem would be if I would run in a for loop, right? And com it, calculate... Well, for example, you, you will be mining some Bitcoins or Bitcoins. something. Okay. So Bitcoin hours. minus is a problem again. Okay, so let's then, say... Then you would actually be standing on the one physical thread. So, so there yeah. will be one less physical thread in your server. But if you would have a web server, which would be mining Bitcoins based on each request, then if you would have a 3,000 request, you will... 
kill you, but yeah, sure. But it's always the case. It was always the case. So what I've just tried to understand. So uh, let's say I would just again, I would just mine Bitcoin in a method like you know get uh, get Bitcoin. So it just can take forever. So what will happen with virtual threats? They are bound at the end of the day to um, a physical threat. Threat. They have to, right? Yeah. Well, uh, since you cannot yield, the the, the virtual threat w would be pinning the physical yeah. threat. Yeah, and yielding means, you know, if you tell a threat yield, it means you stop and another threat uh, should should work. Yeah, so you, it, you are basically saying that your work has lower priority than some other work. Yeah, exactly. And, and uh, the physical threat can be taken from you for something really more important, like yeah. the event loop. Yeah. So, so that, that's what you can do, right? Now. Yeah, but still, you cannot do this with virtual threat. Understood. But what can happen in ver in worst case? In worst case, I get three thousand such requests, and my server will die. Right? This is the worst case. Yeah. yeah. At some point, you will just run out of the physical threats. You, you, you yeah, exactly. virtually cannot run out of the virtual threats. Yeah. But you can run out of your physical threats, and when it happens, there won't be any other threats to actually respond to another request from your server. So your server would become to be unresponsive. It would run yeah. if, if, the, if the, your memory would be enough, yeah. but, uh, but uh, it couldn't actually respond to anyone else. Yeah, but there is no magic, you know, there is no solution for that. Yeah, yeah. It's always the matter of clever offloading or, or queuing the work like that. And it's always have been. There is no change in it, really. It's just you have, ah, now I you understand. have to be. You have to be aware of it, like you always had to be aware. Yeah, of we it. always had this. So that's why I don't even understand the problem. Because what we are saying now is, we get a new wave of application servers who don't care anymore about concurrency. So it would be possible to have millions of concurrent threads, and this could kill your machine. Right? This is what we are saying. But. In practice, all the application servers had already some throttling mechanism in place, right? So if you apply our own, you know, um, max pools or uh, a fault tolerance for microprofile, there's no issue at all because we can reduce the amount of parallelism, you know, yeah. at the yeah. boundary level. Okay, so that you know, there's is like talking about nothing. If you would use virtual threads naively, then you have a problem. Which is yeah, the but case. if you use yeah. if you use reactive streams naively, you are you are going yeah, sure. to what, what, hit the wall much faster. <laughs> what reminds me once, it was at the beginning of the cloud. So someone started a virtual machine. It was uh, in the cloud, uh, the VMware, so you no know, typical virtual machine, not Docker, typical virtual machine on a physical server, of course. And the physical servers, I, th I think, had four cores, but it was possible to overprovision the virtual machine, and they said like, yeah, there are thirty cores, the virtual machine, you know. And we run our application server and share the virtual machines. Like, why it is so slow? And it and it turned out that, of course, you know, the virtual machine was everything was virtualized. But at the end of the day, a small server, you know, had to handle all all, all the virtual cores. So uh, the, no magic. So it's actually the same the same situation. So I got so the virtual threats. There is no yield. If there is no yield, they are pinned to the physical threat. You have, you are no cautious, and you start thousands of virtual virtual threats. This could kill your machine, which was always the case. I mean, this yeah. even whatever you do, you have always the problem, right? You cannot just. I mean, this yeah, is like, there, there is no escape from it. No, yeah, exactly. So, I mean, this is like we could talk about this, but this would be like magic. So, if we solve the problem, we get you no know, Nobel Prize. I can stop podcasting immediately, right? <laughs> yeah, cool. So, Nima sounds. What I like actually, this is I already uh, uh, told Dimitri in the last podcast, is because you know Helidon is somehow close to Java. Because you know this is the same team, right? You are working somehow with Java platform team, or at least you see them from time to time, I guess. 
and maybe if it was Corona is getting better, getting better because everyone is accustomed to work remotely. Uh, I, I, I guess I have no, no insight, nothing, right? But um, so you can fully leverage this, right? So, okay, then let's create, you know, a nice micro profile application with support for virtual threats or the yeah. newest we, Java we, 19. We got, we, we got a lot of help from the uh, Loom project uh, members. Mm -hmm. There was Alan Bateman and Ron Pressler, Pressler helping and mm -hmm. uh, Sergei Kukshenko. And they've been actually helping us to find out the most efficient way how to use virtual trust in the uh, in the web server. And we, we, we've got a, a lot of the performance because of this cooperation. So yeah, for them, it's also great because they we, vali can validate their concept with a real-world application, which I don't yeah, actually yeah, it, it was It was even that we have found some issues and they have fixed them and then, then we could go... Through, through this uh, way to, to get much faster and uh, and it, it was uh, it was a great cooperation actually yeah this is what I really appreciate because it's not like moving Java forward or really I mean I mean uh, this is like uh, back in the days right <laughs> and so so you are working now on virtual threads exclusively with Nima right this is your Nima baby uh, yeah we are working on Nima, but but we also have the reactive helidon the helidon SD. oh don't mention this this will die soon right this <laughs> but, but, yeah but but we still have new features in it and, and it's okay still, still and there always will be the the reactive people somewhere i don't think they will stop being proactive overnight there is a lot of people who are no idea. They who invested a lot of time uh, into the reactive uh, Code and uh, and uh, and conference talks. Yeah, and conference. <laughs> <laughs> and and, uh, and we still have the reactive helidon, and we even are planning some abstraction over the Nima. So if you will have some reactive library which has the the reactive streams API, we, we will have some abstraction which will uh, integrate with with this library nicely. So we will have the reactive API, but. Behind it, there will be Halidon, which will just block and await wherever it needs. You know, I so, make a lot of fun about reactive right now, which is not fair because uh, what 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 I don't like is to use you no know, reacting force, a reactive for scalability because it's not often not needed in my project. So I'm I'm not being building Instagrams. We usually building you know smaller, not not that scalable applications. But what reactive can be nice is if you have lots of like workflow-like application and uh, the reactive provides you with a nicer DSL, you can say, do, 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 do this first, then, you know, transform that. So this could be actually nice to have a reactive or um, we, we had already the conversation if you're working with something like Kafka, which is actually reactive because it's like a stream of, you know, data and you react to a stream of data, then reactive programming is just great. Like uh, Kafka streams, which for me reactive, yeah, yeah, right? It, yeah, it, it is nice. very reactive. So, so I'm nothing against reactivity, but uh, reactivity works best with reactive data sources, right? So if you have something yeah, which and HTTP is not reactive, yeah. so uh, it yeah, is like yeah. you know request response. So it's not that. Uh, so I think virtual threads do great for all micro profile applications, except uh, micro profile uh, reactive messaging, which is more like Kafka-esque, you know, integration. So from my perspective, mm, I, I think the messaging in general can be can. Yeah. And UI, UI is the same, right? It's a user interface. You can consider the user interface as a stream of events, so you can react to the events and do something on the fly. Another question: There is a new API, or not? I don't know what not API, a spec, a WebSocket streams. You heard about that? This is WebSockets with back pressure. Nothing to do with Java. It's just you no. Know, uh, 
I, I wrote an article a long time ago about integrating the, uh, the reactive streams with the web sockets and, you know, propagating the back pressure to the, yeah. the web sockets. It, it was very ugly, but it worked. But, but there uh, is a spec. This is streams API. But if, if there is a new spec, I, I haven't heard about it. I know there is the R socket, which maybe is, you know the 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 spec is based on your article, <laughs> and you don't know about not. it. Yeah. <laughs> um, there is the R socket, and it's it's also work. I think it can work over the web socket, so it's it's kind of alternative. So you can connect on both sides. You can connect reactive streams to it, and it will it will propagate it uh, over the network, over various protocols, and you can choose one of them to be a WebSocket. But I haven't heard about the WebSocket streams. I will. I yeah, will it comes from JavaScript. I will give you in a chat. It's, um, if you search for uh, WebSocket streams or streams API in JavaScript, you will find this. And it's, uh, and it's getting more and more popular. So I thought, you know, Helidon uh, could implement this. So I'd be immediately interested because Helidon could be a really interesting server for, for the front ends because, you know, now uh, what you can do with um, WebSocket streams, you can stream HTML from the backend to the you know, to the to the client. So, um, so I was just curious whether uh -huh, uh -huh. Uh, whether you know about that. So, uh, but just take a look at this. It is really interesting. Interesting spec. I will definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah. I know there is a, the, the, there is a stomp protocol over the uh, over the WebSockets. Mm -hmm. So, so it's not that new, but but it's also like everyone is trying to move to the WebSockets for some reason lately. <laughs> yeah. Because it's um, uh, asynchronous, you know, by, and um, it works well with front ends, I, I... and it works in both ways. On the on the other way, you know, there is HTTP two, which also you can you, you have the flow control there, so you can propagate the back pressure, and it's uh, bidirectional in the end. So, but so, uh, HTTP two is not like faster. <laughs> but HTTP you cannot use in browser like WebSockets for push, right? So uh, if the browser gets the first request has to be made by the browser, then you can push some data to the cache. But you cannot use it in browser as a WebSocket, right? Or, or it was not possible in the past, at least. There, there was a server push in the HTTP two. It's just not being implemented by anyone. As I, yeah, this do. is the problem. But it's in the sky, right? <laughs> <laughs> but nobody implemented because it, it, it's kind of like overcomplicated, and nobody actually uses that. And I think they have, they had it, uh, they had support in the Chrome. And they have been removing it. Yeah, exactly. So, I know, but ago. I'm not interested in specifications which are not implemented, right? So it's really yeah, hard. Yeah. To, <laughs> really hard to use. <laughs> um, uh, what happened actually? Why we are talking? Because I was approached by uh, by a publisher and about Helidon book. It's like a Helidon book is interesting, right? So and take a look and um, and just found you, and I just ping you immediately as we have to talk because you you were you know two years ago the last time we saw saw each other. But uh, Dimitri is also writing on the book, I think. You know, the publisher did the usual thing, yeah, they ping me and say, we, we send you a book. It's like, no, I, I like to buy my books, no interested. But we have to talk, right? So this is now uh, the, my promotion. So what is the, what is the, the book about, Helidon? You have, is the book ready already? Uh, no, it's, it's in early access on Manning. They have okay. the program like that, that you are writing the book. And as you publish the chapters in some 
uh, batches. They mm -hmm. are publishing it, you know, on the fly, mm -hmm. and uh, readers can actually buy the book and get the get the chapters as 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 they are being made, which is kind of interesting. I yeah. I, I didn't even knew the the process like this exists. Streaming and almost, right? So the yeah, pa like pages streaming, are streamed streaming, to you. Yeah. Exactly. So, so so we are now streaming the book. We, yeah. we have the we, we have the three chapters published and and uh, some of others finished to be published uh, soon and a lot of other chapters in the in the making. So uh, so we are working on a book. It's it's kind of it's the first book for me, so it's really interesting experience. Uh, but it's kind of nice because you you are looking at the uh, at the thing from completely different angle. Yeah. And even when I wrote uh, the chapters about uh, the features I didn't actually work on, it was really interesting because I I, I finally understood the internals I didn't know about. So 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 it's uh, it's. Uh, it's it's great learning opportunity to write a book actually it's 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 really nice to yes experience because you are forced you know to or or you are forced again to think what you did yeah. and just uh, more clearly express it and um as i was uh, on the road i wrote the books back then then um for me it was the challenge to write it as short as possible so i wanted you know to write a thin book and this is even worse because okay this is like you know redundant so make it shorter <laughs> So, yeah, we also we also got limit for the for the number of the chapters. And oh, we we already had to like like agree. Okay, there is like a a third of the book we would like to write. We <laughs> just so the Dimitri <laughs> wanted to have you know th thirty chapters about Jason B. I guess right. The Dimitri is like okay, no, the no, first... <laughs> not, not like there are a lot of interesting. Uh, Parts you can you can write about Helidon, but but it just don't fit into one book. So so we are trying to make it like uh, like somewhere in between the beginner and the intermediate Helidon yeah. programmer. So uh, so you can you can start with the Helidon and you can also learn something new even if you are working with the Helidon. So we are trying to hide hide some gems inside which are not yeah. like usually accessible in the documentation because it's it's not something you necessarily need but it's really nice to know how it works so uh, so it's kind of uh, interesting we are trying to make it uh, uh, in in some uh, readable length <laughs> so it fits in the book mm -hmm. you can always re uh, learn from books i would say i never read a book which didn't learn anything from it so i would say it's always a good idea to read books but what's about the chapters so what is the agenda? What's you know, what's the contents of the book? What we can expect? Briefly. Oh, let me yeah, it doesn't have to be accurate. So just may, may, have, may have opened it somewhere. I just have to be careful not to publish anything which is... I mean, this is just, you know... We had the slide from Oracle, uh, the very first one, you know. This is like, you know, the safe harbor on by podcast. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was already there, so... Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think the, the there is already already released chapters. Uh, is the configuration and creation, creating of your first app. And uh, the next chapters will be observ observability, mm -hmm. uh, some communication between the services, that's, that's the clients. Cool. Uh, accessing the data, Th then there will be resiliency uh, with the fault tolerance, etc. And uh, security chapter, it, 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 that one is interesting. That's, that's a lot of joy I getting there. And there, then there will be open API and uh, uh, 
testing the application because the testing your app is it's chapter for itself. So yeah. so it's, it's nice. There will be some short chapter about the scheduling. I expect it to at least explain explain uh, how you shouldn't schedule inside the microservice because that's what everyone wants to do. They in just don't know. They, they very, don't want to do. very interesting in a cluster. <laughs> yeah. So so it will be interesting chapter. Uh, but it's possible in Halidon, of course, uh, it, it may be more usable in some IoT application of the Halidon. Mm-hmm. But um, but we want to explain uh, the bigger picture why you don't want to do that. Otherwise, you will have to find some, you know. Uh, yeah, the problem uh, is if you have multiple microservices running and every microservice schedules, then we have too much. The the, the frequency of the schedulers. Yeah, you you would have to elect the reader, and for yeah, that exactly. you need some yeah, exactly. some, some uh, steady point in the universe of your microservices, yeah. and, and and that's always a problem. And it always was in the clusters. So always, so yeah. We have been doing this in the web spheres, and it was same. Uh, uh, how to say it politely? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> problem. Yeah, 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 the same challenge. Uh, yeah, I mean, this is the problem. Is you need to know a singleton, which is a highly available singleton in 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 the cloud. So this is what you need. And uh, if you have uh, your Halidons, they have to agree, which is uh, hard enough in highly, you know. But yeah, this is this is a like, general problem. But yeah, interesting. So what's um, another question? So you, you we you use virtual threads from Java nineteen. Are you using other interesting, you know? Um, Cutting edge Java JEPs or APIs in Helidon? Which, well, uh, yeah, you see, yeah, yeah, uh, like, like, so it's interesting from the point of the uh, from the point of the user of the Helidon. Yeah, whatever. Right? I'm just I'm curious. Now, whether you are well, just well, uh, yeah, we have the minimal version for the uh, Java in Helidon three, which was released like fully released lately. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is a Java seventeen, mm-hmm. so we are using a lot of you know the language sugar there. It's 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 just the, the Java is it's much more fun now to to do because yes. you know you, uh, you have a lot of new features. Uh, of course, I I really I really like the um, uh, how it's called the code blocks. Uh, code blocks, yeah, yeah. yeah that, that's really yeah. something I was waiting for, and it, not not in the production code necessarily. Testing, but in, right? Jason testing, test, right? It, yeah, it's just super cool. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and what I also use a lot is not just the code blocks. Um, I use also no a single line that was formatted. It's also cool. So if you if you have a template, you can have a string and uh, know the dollar uh, s and dollar d or whatever, and just dot formatted. The uh, the the other way around was string dot format, which was static method, and the formatted is a little bit nicer. So small things like this are cool. Yeah. Uh, then uh, if I work with uh, JSON B a lot and JSON P. Uh, sorry, JSON P. This is, and then you know, even the instance uh, pattern is interesting in Java 17 because you can say, is the JSON value a JSON string? Then I can immediately cast it in instance of. So there are small things yeah, which are yeah. really helpful. Uh, yeah, agreed. So I'm also working with Java 17 right now. Uh, and uh, some of my, you know, toy projects are moving to Java 19 already. And uh, really, really appreciate it. So uh, yeah, Java all, all, all the. And everything is getting faster with each version. It's just magical. <laughs> yeah, it was always fast. I have to say. So the, the entire discussion with Java, it's for me was never a problem. If I was you now in performance, had performance issues, it was always the database, and not even the database from the 
from the performance perspective, more like a no uh, locking perspective. So there were some locks deep in the database, and uh, and this was the problem. You can use messaging for working with the database. We have uh, a nice connector for that. RDBC, you mean the the uh, like? No, we have uh, we have uh, Oracle AQ connector. Ah, it works okay. over it works over JMS. So actually, you connect to your uh, database over JMS. And uh, we have we, we have adapter for the. Uh, That's interesting. Talk about this. So this is interesting because uh, this advanced queue from Oracle is an old concept. So I used that, but it back, uh, back then it was proprietary. So it was not that easy to talk to this via JMS back then. So you need the Oracle application. Yeah, you, you, you need you, you need the database driver from the Oracle. Sure. But, uh, but uh, it implements the JMS, and we are using that for the reactive messaging. So. You are saying the new JDBC driver from Oracle implement JMS. I think it's a different library in between. Okay. So, okay. 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 Because this would be this would be a surprise. Like this yeah, is actually yeah. cool. No, but the uh, there is another library which implements the JMS uh, from the database team and which uses the uh, your data source and and then then you connect to the uh, database and you can have the triggers which creates the events in the uh, in the queue and then you just receive them. In, in your uh, in your reactive messaging An another another project which only oracle can do you have the oracle database and they have the golden gate and they have the log miner which creates events yeah, yeah, yeah. what you could do you can have you know proprietary link to helidon and receive all the changes in database without the bezium without kafka directly yeah 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 we can do event sourcing like that we can do that even without the Golden Gate because yeah, then uh, you, 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 you can know, do this. Figures and and also, uh, also you can, you, the, you you you. I mean, I know that is possible, but are you doing this? I I okay. I, I have an article. Ah, making, you are writing lots of articles. So what's, but, but, but have it's, no... <laughs> it's in the making for a long time now. Ah, okay, so, so I've been trying to compare the the event sourcing with the Debezium, which which is super fast and super cool, but. But there are other approaches when you don't have the Kafka in between and uh, the Bezium and all the other tooling. And uh, also with the OCI, we, you can use uh, Golden Gate and connect it to the... Um, we have the kind of a managed Kafka. It's called uh, OCI Streaming Service. Okay. And so, so so you don't have to take care about the scaling of your Kafka cluster. No, but, but, the, but the Kafka, no, uh, this is, uh, Kafka is nice, but sometimes you don't need Kafka. So and uh, if I would like to have event sourcing from database, you know, I get you know, usually per table a Kafka topic, and I have to set up. I have to to care about data conversions. So JSON is nice, but is bloated. If you use Avro, is uh, is not as nice, but smaller. But if I would just able, you know, to have uh, micro profile reactive messaging with Helidon and say, hey, give me the events from a database, sometimes it could be good enough because then I could you know receive directly the messages from database. And stream them over the web sockets to my client, and I'm done. Yeah, yeah, it's it's possible. Yeah, it's okay. possible, but this is a one can, of the this is uh, for me is as as killer use case as as virtual threats with Nima for me. Yeah, so 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 in the end, you, you don't have to actually you know like like block with this read write database. Issues. No, it is easier can, because I don't know. Asynchronously and it's possible. And it's easier because you know to set up the Bezium with Oracle database uh, is not easy. I would say it's not. I mean, it's just. It, it, it is easy if you know what you are doing, right? But um, if it comes with um, Helidon out of the box and you are Oracle and Oracle is Oracle and both Oracles, you can provide added value. So just just saying is interesting, right? Yeah, in the, in the OCI, you are, you are just click like, I don't know, 10 times and you have provisioned database prepared with the 
And then you execute one script and then you have prepared the advanced queuing queues. OCI, the... you mean the Oracle Cloud, right? Yeah. Oracle because Cloud. if I hear OCI, you know what I think about? Is the Oracle OCI driver, open call interface. You remember that? No, not at all. No. There, is a, is there, there are different levels of GDBC drivers. And uh-huh. an yeah. Oracle, this is a thin, and uh, there is an OCI driver from Oracle, open call interface. I think this was the native driver. So uh-huh. if I if I talk with Oracle people and they mention OCI, I always thinking about you know the JDBC drivers, not about Oracle Cloud. So uh, this is what you tell me. OCI clicks are why are you clicking on the drivers? <laughs> like, okay, you mean the, you mean the cloud, right? Yeah, we, we are so so used to it now that everyone knows. Yeah, check out uh, this is called OCI JDBC driver, and this is this was actually at the beginning the fastest Oracle driver, JDBC OCI Oracle, and you will find. Exactly. Seven features specific to JDBC OCI, you see? OCI connection pooling. And if someone mentions OCI to me, i always thinking about the driver. I give you this to the chat so you can learn something about Oracle at the end. We are going to the point where we need to recycle the shortcuts. <laughs> yeah. And this is why for me, you know, this OCI is always hard to get because it's, uh, how it's called now? Oracle Cloud and I? Infrastructure. Oracle Cloud Infrastructure. Yeah, and for me, it's open call interface. So I like, why they are so excited about the old JDBC driver? And this was, uh, and they are talking about the cloud. So, but but this is, um, this, even 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 worse, this OCI driver comes with you no know, specific features, which are similar to messaging. So... This was uh, interesting. This conversation right now, you know, everyone everyone was happy, but we are talk we, we, we were talking about completely different topics, right? <laughs> <laughs> cool. Um, what I'm interested in, I don't know whether you know, is there a way to run Helidon on uh, AWS Lambda, for instance? I saw an issue, but it somehow disappeared. I don't know whether it is implemented or not. If you don't know, it's no problem. I I I know we we had a colleague who was investigating that and uh-huh. working on it, and we have some POC, but I wasn't uh, okay in the loop for this, so I, I'm not sure. Because uh, for for your managers on managers of managers, so uh, one of the killer use cases what I'm using right now, I'm using for instance Quarkus. And it and it runs on AWS Lambda without any changes. So I ha- have my own microprofile code, and I hoped you know Helidon would also do the same. So I could also use Helidon in my projects. But uh, mm-hmm. I, I I think there was some uh, from AWS that there was some wrapper for the JaxRS, right? Yeah, so, yeah. It's so based on Jersey. Yeah, even so. yeah. It's called serverless containers and GitHub. And there is a, the first implementation was Jersey. So for you, it was actually would be nothing to do, just pick it. But uh, the interesting part, why it's really interesting is what the AWS Lambda or um, uh, Azure function as well, but I mean, Lambda was first. So this is why I'm, 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 Lambda is like, you know, the, the serverless idea. Um, they uh, they are retrieving the HTTP requests and, and, and transforming them to, uh, to, uh, to JSON. And this is consumed by Quarkus, and what happens then? It calls you know the JaxRS internally, mm-hmm. and the Jersey does the same. So if you go to serverless containers and look up Jersey, this is already everything is done. So it retrieves you know the HTTP event from AWS, and and invokes then the Jersey container. So for you, it would be not a big effort because I think it could be even a weekend project for a prototype, but. It is actually huge because what we are doing, I'm actually talking about this also uh, conference next week, because um, 
you can pick, you know, your old application and without Kubernetes and anything, just go straight to the cloud. Hmm. And the same mechanism works on Azure Functions or the same mechanism I know works on Oracle because I use FN Java a lot back then. And this FN Java, I know, is is actually the open source uh, infrastructure for Oracle Functions, I think is the proper name, Oracle Functions. So just to your management or if you have, you no, know, instead of writing too many articles, you could look at this, you know, and just <laughs> really interesting. But the uh, WebSocket streams are really interesting for you, I would say, this this standard. And um, and yeah, cool. So, um, and what about, do you know about projects, you know, interesting projects you can talk about which, using Halidon or some, you know, some... Uh, uh, I've... New, I met few developers from the customers, usually through the bugs <laughs> when, when I've been helping to someone. There was some Scandinavian company uh -huh. which was using the Halidon SE for sending really large files like like gigabytes okay. to the HTTP, and it was it was really interesting. And there was some uh, in some really complicated corner case, there was some memory leak, so we have been helping them, and, and they are sending really huge data with the Helidon SE like that, and it was kind of a use case I didn't even expect to arrive. Was it called SOAP? SOAP messages? Was <laughs> no, no. no. <laughs> I'm just, this was just fun. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but that was really interesting. That I think our managers who came up with a list of some customers which no no you don't have to talk about it. i think I sometimes no what i, I can I talk about because i know it i was a part of the i think helidon hackathon this was the german company microstream uh, nice nice guys and and they integrated uh the microstream in in mem or how to call it uh, serializer and persistence in memory persistence with mm. uh, Helidon, and this was really nicely done. So this is uh, what I know about, and I can talk because uh, I was part of the hackathon, and this is uh, open. So this was the microstream on Helidon. It seems to be nicely integrated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it, it's an it's a nice technology. It's 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 doing the serialization serialization without the Java serialization. Mm -hmm. So it's much safer than than how it's been done in the Java. That's kind of interesting because with Helidon. 3.0, we have introduced the um, security hardening for the serialization. I think it was, it had a JEP number and I have it somewhere here. It's 290 mm -hmm. and you can, you, you have by default like disabled the Java serialization at all. You can, for some libraries it's needed. So you can, by very complicated configuration, you can actually enable it. But it's safer if you don't. And with the microstream, you can you can do this serialization without th this issue. Because as I understood it, they Which are doing... Which is it 290? I, I think 290. 90, okay. Mm -hmm. And uh, they are not actually invoking your constructor during the deserialization. So, so there is no that known issue, which was with, with, with the old... Whole thing and uh, and it's it's super fast as I saw it when they've been saving some huge data so so it's really really interesting. Okay, uh, what lots of interesting features. So what else? Uh, we have implemented LRA. That's a microprofile spec. It's a new one. Ah, this is where we had already chat on Twitter shortly. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Long yeah. running actions. You said okay for some um, how it. The, uh, I had a podcast with Goran, and he was. Uh, we talked about, and he looked at the long-running actions, and 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 uh, of course there was a brief uh, conclusion that is of course the same problem like 
with schedulers, you need to know if you have something long running, you need a coordinator, and this is hard to scale the coordinator. And you responded on Twitter, this is how I remember you, not not the publisher, the publisher come, come, come later. This was the initial factor, you know, so we have to talk about that. So very briefly, the long running actions, um, what are they? So it's like a workflow engine, a small one, right? It's a it's a distributed transaction, mm-hmm. as you remember it from the XA. But uh, but uh, this is meant for the micro profiles. It's it's uh, uh, microservices, sorry, and it's uh, it's implementation of the Saga pattern. So it's compensation logic. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's the transaction. It's not ACID because it doesn't have the i it doesn't have the isolation mm-hmm. anymore. And uh, you just uh, you, you just can lean on your transaction manager that uh, that eventually it will compensate for you. So it will compensate if if your transaction fails. It will compensate some method in some of your microservices, yeah. or it will complete. It will call different method if it completes successfully and and so on. There is more complicated stuff there. It's if you look at it, uh, it's like very fancy fault tolerance. Because mm-hmm. you 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 yeah. have this coordinator, you 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 t- tell him uh, give me give me the transaction ID and start the transaction, and all the other participants in your transaction will connect to it and uh, and uh, and uh, be uh, be part of that transaction. And if something fails, all those microservices, if they have implemented this complete or compensate methods, those methods will be called. And you can, for example, if it's typical, if you are booking some seat in the cinema, uh, you just save in the in the, your database. This seat is booked; it's haven't been paid yet, you know. And if the payment doesn't work out later, you know your database transaction is already committed. Yeah. It's, it's just, there's different state there. And if if the payment doesn't work out and your transaction, your LRA is being rolled rolled back, it's uh, it compensates. In a way that that your method it in one of your pods it doesn't matter in which one actually you, you will have a compensation logic which will clear the the seat which is yeah. booked because the payment didn't uh, so didn't, so yeah this is instead of having you know one how to call it how one long blocking transaction on exactly. XA and relying that uh, you no know, everyone waits until completes we have a series of of shorter transactions, and if we, we split the business process to actions, and they say, okay, uh, if I ship something and the uh, customer cannot pay, I would just ask the client, you know, to send it back. So we change a little bit the business logic and make everything consistent from the business process perspective. And Goran in the latest podcast said that uh, it is impossible, or impossible. We said, okay, it's as hard, you know, to scale. And you said it's possible. It is possible. But if you are in a cloud, you need a storage somewhere, right? You need you need a mm. central store to to store the state of the LRA. Yeah, you need to store the transaction log. Yeah, and so every coordinator has a transaction log. The thing is, as there is no isolation here, those transaction logs doesn't have to know about each other if there is more of them. So if you hide the coordinators behind the load balancer, mm-hmm. you can have multiple transaction log and. Each time someone starts a new transaction, it will get back the URL of the coordinator they have been assigned to. So if you remember this direct route to the to the one of the load balanced coordinator, mm-hmm. you can always uh, call that one concrete coordinator which you got from the load balancer. And this way you can have 
you can have multiple coordinators and uh, you can scale up, you know, in a way that's yes. achievable. Uh, th there is a problem if, if your load balancer dies, you have to restart it and you have to start up from that particular uh, particular transaction log. So what you, you, what you are saying, what you are saying in LRA, that the uh, the coordinators are stateless, so the you know the entire state is in store somewhere. Sure, this is this has to be the case. But I can go to any of the coordinators, and uh, I can just ping whatever coordinator I like, and get you know the response. Uh, well, with that one, once you have assigned transaction ID, mm -hmm. you have to always get back to the one concrete coordinator. On yeah. that one concrete transaction but load. which is doable but in the cloud i have you to set up the load balancer in proper way the load balancer yeah, will have yeah. to it, it, yeah. it, it's it, it's kind of complicated to do it in the uh, in the uh, kubernetes but it's possible it's sure. just that that that, that no, no many people have been actually trying to address this issue because the transaction managers have been always like you know the one star in the uh, in the universe and and everyone was kind of like uh, uh, like think about it as a as a one thing so uh, with the lra unlike with dxa it's possible and you can do it it's just complicated and maybe we will come with some i, I i've been trying this approach it's possible uh, with uh, we already have the oracle transaction manager for microservices it's a new new product mm -hmm. i think it's even free okay <laughs> I'm, i'm not sure now i don't want to <laughs> Give a false hope to anybody, but but, uh, but uh, we we have this uh, transaction manager for microservices, and uh, that one is able actually to return you the different address if if you ask for the start transaction. So it seems like Oracle Transaction Manager has something to do with Helidon and with LRA, right? Yeah, it works. We we have some uh, example of it. It's, uh, it's so Oracle right. Transaction Manager is the microprofile LRA implementation with Helidon, right? Also, also it it, it does more. It's a coordinator implementation for the LRA, but it also does XA and... Uh, yeah, but this is... Helidon is used behind the scenes, right? For that. No, no, no. no. Okay, I, I thought... I think it's written in Go or something. Go? At Oracle? Oh. Yeah, we are... Why are you using the old technology? I thought, you know, you're using modern Java at Oracle, not, you know, technology from 1945. We do. We, we do. But, uh, <laughs> I think it's... Uh, I have I, I have I'm not part of that. Team. Yeah, this is this is this is you know your luck. Yeah, yeah, but 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 I but I heard some somewhere it's a go, and uh, yeah, nobody's I perfect. Think not even that, Oracle. That team, that team is the is the original uh, tuxedo team. If you heard about ah, them, yeah, so okay, cool. They, they are very very confident if, uh, with their transaction skills. Yeah, you no, know, you are right. Tuxedo was lots of C so it makes sense. Go, so there was like you know yeah, old uh, C plus yeah. shop. There's a low level tuxedo was like uh, the Transaction manager, which was bought by BA, right? And then Tuxedo. And, yeah, and, yeah. Exactly. So T-U-X-E-D-O. Okay, cool. Um, yeah. Um, to um, Maybe the, 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 uh, the context is important. So from my perspective, so I have two architectural modes. So, so usually I'm working, you know, for clients, architect or whatever. So a business project. It's not like I'm implementing Helidon like you. So I have to know. To, 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 um, to go to clients and suggest something, right? So, and if you are on-premise, so on-premise means I have my own data center, then something like LRA is perfect. So I can I can just use it and, and I can do whatever I like and it's worth use it. If I go to the cloud, 
I wouldn't use LRA. What I would use instead is like you know uh, the um, some kind of how to call it already provisioned managed proprietary cloud service. You know what I mean? Because I don't like to bother with you know all the load balancers on this because I'm already in the cloud. I would like something to use what's already there. So this is the different different architectures. What I never did and never do try to avoid is to pick my on-premise setup and go with it to the cloud. Because yeah, yeah, you yeah, know sure. so, it's so, like so, installing Kafka in the cloud. It's, it's yeah, something I, I would use you know, I wouldn't wouldn't like to use my own Kafka in the cloud. I would like, you know, to click something existing. So you know Oracle's Kafka manage or whatever. I don't care. I don't I would like to have you know a solution which is provided by the cloud provider. This is the entire point of having the cloud. For me, it's not like, you know, instead of running my machine locally, I run it in the cloud. This I don't believe at all. This is like, you know, everything gets complicated. But if I get the entire setup in the cloud, so this is what I expect, you know, as you said, maybe if there is an implementation like Oracle Transaction Manager and it runs already in the cloud, perfect. I just use it. I don't have to care about how it stores the data. I I, I have to believe it, it is working because economy of scale, right? This Transaction Manager is already used by thousands of other clients so i hope it is has less bugs than my own solution so this is why it's often if you if you hear me talking you have to be careful you know is he talking yet now about on premise what do we do if we have everything under control or if we buy stuff in the cloud because if i go to the cloud my first idea is to buy as much as possible because other, because what's the point of going to the cloud if i have to build everything by myself in the cloud right so this is this is this is this is important and with goran we had that talk you know about serverless java in the cloud so in this mode of operation i try you know to use as much as possible from the cloud and try you know to avoid any possible infrastructure implementation so like all java e days this is back to the roots so we just focus on business logic and nothing else right so this is this, this was the discussion with goran so this is and this is why you're talking right now as well. Yeah, you can you can also go the other way around, and you can actually run the OCI on premise. We have some. Yeah, this is what Oracle uh, actually. And uh, no kidding, uh, this. Um, I mean, you, you could always run the GDBC drivers on premise. We're talking about the Oracle cloud infrastructure, of course. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, what I I heard actually a lot of good things about Oracle cloud. It um, seems to be uh, uh, cheaper. There's a, a true free tier. And uh, and uh, this on-premise is also a feature. So, like Oracle is uh, open, you know, to, to as like that that as a, that they seem, you know, to 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 uh, to be really eager to install the entire infrastructure on-premise. So, good stuff, I would say. So, um, yeah, yeah, it, it works. We have some customers who already like ha- having that in production, and and it works. And it's like it's it's, it's even hard hard to imagine for me how 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 the cloud guys are doing that, but. That is possible. Yeah, and uh, there was one project which I also used a lot. Um, uh, this is FN Java, which is the uh, yeah, it's still open source. If you search for FN Java, you will find it. And this yeah, yeah, is, that, that's what the OCI functions are based on. Uh, OCI yeah. functions, actually, OCI functions, which is uh, like yeah, you can actually this Java code is executed for you. It's very similar to AWS Lambda. There are also no uh, hot functions uh, so that you can avoid uh, cold starts. So it's actually. Uh, a really nice project. So um, yeah, this is about OCI, and you can you use JDBC drivers on OCI should also work. So what else you can tell us about Helidon? Are we done, Daniel? Our oh, we are 
neck deep in the Nima right now. So we are playing a lot with with how to do stuff as most efficiently as it possible. It, it's very hard for me because I've been like really into the reactive stuff before. So oh. it's 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 really hard for me to switch from this thinking of you know and then you just block here until something happens and it's it's something so it's still hard for me it's it's still like when i'm thinking about stuff i'm i'm still getting into those, okay i i i think i i have a solution and then i realize okay i don't have to do all of that at all because there is no callbacks and anything you just you just block and and the jvm will will uh, do that for you. It will just multiplex the the threads for you, and you don't have to. Take this is care. why you're writing books and articles because there is nothing else to do for you, right? So you just write simple code, a two liner, <laughs> and say, okay, everything is done. Back then, I had to write you know two thousand reactive code lines of code of of reactivity, and now two lines of code, and you are done, and you have lots of time to writing articles and books, right? Now we we are also adding new features into the. Ah, okay. Don't, of course. <laughs> We have, for example, this is a nice thing. We have this uh, modular routing mm -hmm. in the Halidon 3. It's it's because we already have it in the NEMA prepared, so we have kind of backported the API to mm -hmm. the to the Halidon 3 into the reactive one. It was very it's very differently implemented, but in the end, you have you have the routes. You have you can have the same endpoint, which uh, have different uh, handlers for different protocols. Mm -hmm. So you can have a handler for HTTP one, and you can have a handler for HTTP two, and then you can have a handler for WebSockets, mm -hmm. and it's all on the same endpoint. And you can, uh, and those will be invoked depending on which version of the, uh, on which protocol uh, you intercept it. So it's kind of interesting. And and even nicer thing about it is that uh, it's it's got modular, so support for the HTTP two is uh, a standalone jar. So you don't have you, you don't need it if you if you are not planning to use HTTP two you don't need it so so your Halidon app will be smaller because you just don't use the WebSockets and HTTP two and if you do you just add one dependency and then you have support for HTTP two and you can create the routes there are some implicit routes which are you know for HTTP you can have it, it will take care of both of them and your handler will will work for, for HTTP one and for HTTP two and uh, or you can have uh, another for the WebSockets and, and so on. So WebSockets is, is the same story. You have just standalone jar and you just add the dependency and then you have then you can add routes for the WebSockets. Mm -hmm. uh, we have a Tyrus mounted on, on top of that, I think. But okay. Yeah, Tyrus was. was the reference implementation of WebSockets, right? It was the, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, it is. That's interesting. So it's like, uh, the Halidon is like a small, you know, reference implementation. You're using lots of the Glassfish stuff and yeah. The technologies like Tyrus and Injuxores, and you know, we are reusing some developers from Glassfish. Yeah, <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> so, which so is you can good. Say that. Uh, but, but you know, the the, the Glassfish, Glassfish was you know uh, mounted together from yeah, some yeah. more projects, mostly from Jersey, and and the Jersey team is actually part of our team. So, yeah. so the Jersey is being made also in the Dmitris teams here in Prague. It's it's Jan Schupol is is uh, is overseeing it right now, and so we are like sitting next to each other and we know know each other well. So so the integration with Jersey is always like uh, like very tight. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that very good news because Jersey is a li lightweight yeah 
lightweight framework. It can be run from Java SE. You don't even need to know Glassfish to run just yeah, it is, yeah. it's, it is it's, like it's, it is not it's lightweight and it has a lot of features. So so the project itself isn't that lightweight. If you try to check it out and contribute something, for example, you will you will have to uh, build it for a long time because there is a lot of features there. But uh, but those features that which are there are really battle battle proven and they are written by very clever people. So yeah. uh, it, it works in the in the Java eight. So it's really backwards compatible, and uh, and so on. So uh, and it's uh, you know as main entry point where, where the jersey actually is taking the data from the server. It's it's actually the input stream. So in the end with the Helidon NEMA, it will be again the input stream which will be cool again because. It's blocks and nobody cares anymore. So we will get back to the input streams and it will kind of fit together all nicely with Nima and yeah. we'll be back back in the in those years when we didn't know about any reactive stuff. What I did recently, I just was curious and you know fire up the Heliton CLI again and really nice experience. So I just had it on CLI, I got asked a couple of questions, you know, would I like to have uh, uh, microservice as a microprofile microservice say yes and I got a working solution no time so I got to you know the JAXRS and I even recorded a, a, a short screencast about that because it was a nice experience and it started at I don't know in one second or whatever so um so it was a nice experience so it looks really good so I'm, I'm yeah, yeah, it, yeah it's super fast because it's a ground native image uh, not even so I just used you know the standard JVM I mean the Helidon, the CLI. Yeah, the Helidon, the CLI was yeah, yeah, not, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I just downloaded the binary and yeah. Yeah, and, and the binary is that's a Java application with uh, compiled with uh, GraalVM native image. It's super fast. We are still uh, making it better. Uh, so I, I've been, I've also I've been creating some courses for Oracle University, and we have been uh, using the CLI there. So. Uh, it has even the batch mode, so you can have like the one command, you mm -hmm. know, in some tutorial, mm -hmm. and it will just generate exactly the project with exactly the features you want. So it's it's nice. It's, it has it has the same. It's in the backend. It's it, it's uh, it it does the same thing as the Heridon starter, which is a web page where you can click which features you mm -hmm. want and it will generate the project for you. So it works in very same way. Mm -hmm. It will. Uh, Generate this project for you, and uh, and you can uh, you can work. It, it it has a live reload, which is also a nice feature. So if you are mm -hmm. working in some uh, with some smaller example, you can uh, it detects the ch changes in the files, and it will reload the whole app. And because Validon starts really fast, it it's all almost unnoticeable, and and you can uh, you can see immediately the changes you made in the code. Mm -hmm. Okay, very good. So it was uh, nice to meet you again. So our you no know, bi-yearly meeting and updates. And uh, let's see what happens in the next two years. So we have to remember you now the discussion now. This was, um, and then see what happens. So where people can find you? Oh, Helidon.io is the, 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 the website from Helidon, right? Uh, yeah, Helidon.io. And uh, with the GitHub, there is a big news. We have moved from different organization, from the Oracle to the Helidon.io ah. uh, organization. So, uh, uh, so Helidon is now bigger than Oracle became, right? So you, uh, uh, <laughs> you outgrew the Oracle business. <laughs> I, I I would rather not say that, but <laughs> but it's it, it's uh, we, we want to we we want to make clear that that the Helidon is open source project. Yeah, uh, it's it's just backed by the Oracle, so there are Oracle employees working on it, but 
anyone else can help and we have a lot of outside contributors so so it is open source uh, and we wanted to make it uh, uh, like having our own organization are making be better structure because there are some other projects now and and it's yeah the Halidon is getting more. Yeah, I can confirm it. Uh, the Halidon looks really nice. The, the 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 website looks really fresh and nice, and it is through open source project. And um, even with some, you know, uh, it's Oracle of of course back projects, but you know, with some Sun spirit inside. Even you know the jersey and whatever it comes from from the yeah, Sun yeah, microsystems, you know, roots. So as I would say, uh, remembers me really about you know the. Um, uh, Glassfish days were, I don't know if you remember, the Glassfish 3 was one of the first servers with uh, the uh, long polling with the uh, Grizzly, you know, Grizzly integration, which was highly scalable server. This was nothing comparable back then, so it, it was better than Tomkin and anything else. And now we get the same with, you know, Helidon and Virtual Threats, which is great news. So uh, the same revolution actually happens again. Yeah, uh, when you are talking about that page, that that most of it was done by, by one of the... Uh, used to be Glassfish developers, so yeah, yeah. And where well, people can find you on Twitter? Uh, yeah, I have a De Daniel Katz all together, yeah. which is my handle, and uh, and same goes for the GitHub and LinkedIn and everything else. So thank you. It was a pleasure. Lots of fun talking to you. Yeah, yeah. same here. Nice to thank you. Bye. Bye.